both ends of the auditorium, there are facilities that house water fountains and restroom facilities. The nurseries are to your extreme right on the second floor of our Sunday school annex. If you have a little one that needs attention during the service, that would be the place <laughs> that you'll need uh, to put him or her. But uh, the rest of us will sit here for the next little while and read one verse, or just a portion of one verse out of the book of Ruth, chapter 1, and verse number 1. Notice what it says in this verse of Scripture. Now it came to pass. Now, I'm going to preach on that little stanza, or that little phrase, out of that verse. Now it came to pass. I want you to pray and ask God to touch our lives as we hear God's Word. And that's what we're going to title it, entitle it tonight, And It Came to Pass. Father, I pray as we look into Thy Word tonight that You'll bless it. You've already breathed on the Word of God, and it has an anointing on it already. Now, I pray You'll breathe on our thoughts, our mind our words, and may tonight we not just be up here, but Lord, we'd be up here with reason, and up here with hope, and up here with power. God, this little thought I've gotten, these little words I've written down, are absolutely worthless and empty without some anointing from on high tonight. And I pray, Lord, you'll touch us and help us, and we'll give you praise and glory and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. Lester Roloff preached one time. He said, and it came to pass. He said, and so did everything else in your life. He said, you'll think it's going to kill you on the way through. He said, but things come to pass. Bubba Maccabee told me one time, I've never forgotten it, he said it in this pulpit. He said this, he said, all of your problems and your disturbances are temporary. He said, they'll come in like a storm. He said, but they will pass. I want to try my best tonight to stir up the children of God in this place to staying and sticking by the stuff and not moving when staying is in order. Some of the worst mistakes I've ever made was when I moved from one famine to another. And that's what happened in this portion of Scripture. Basically, they moved from one set of circumstances to the next, and they should have just been still because they had to come right back to the place where they left to have God's blessing. You say, preacher, what comes to pass? Ladies and gentlemen, it's real easy to get discouraged if you're not careful about the present things that are going on in your life and the temporary things that are going on in your life. How easy is it to lose focus of what has been, to lose focus on what will be because we're so trapped in the way things are right now. And we're so blinded by the stress and the strength of our burden that we can't see going and we can't see coming. 
But let me encourage you if I can. Tonight, there are three scenarios in the book of Ruth, chapter 1, that uh, I want to show you tonight along and around this subject it came to pass. First of all, write this down somewhere. Some people will come to pass. Look at what it says in verse number 3. Um, Elimelech was Naomi's husband, and he died. And she was left and her two sons. And then Malon and Chilon died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Look at verse number 14. They lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpha kissed her mother-in-law. And basically that was the symbol or that was the show and that was the outward display of I love you but I'm leaving. And she kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. Now let me say number one, some people will come to pass. You cannot rest your life on the shoulders of individuality. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the only person I know that can be trusted to the hilt is Jesus. It's Jesus. It's not me. It's not us. It's not them. It's not ours. It's Jesus. I'm telling you, He'll never leave you. And He'll never forsake you. When men have forsaken me, and people have forsaken me, I have found the Lord a very present help in the time of trouble. Number one, they'll come to pass. People will enter your life, and they'll pass. Some will pass, number one, by disaster or by death. That's what happened here. They passed by the way of death. This woman's husband has taken his whole family and left Bethlehem because there was a famine. And he goes into Moab, into a country of heathen, into a country of atheism, goes into a country of what he thinks is going to be a place of provision and a place of abundance. And it turned out to be a place of death. They're both there, the Bible says, about ten years and death came to this family. Both boys were taken. They passed through. They passed on. And they passed away. If she had to put her confidence in those people or in those offspring or in her husband, she would have had no hope left. She almost lost faith. She almost lost hope. She almost got bitter. She almost lost what little bit she did have from God. She almost lost it because the rug had been pulled out from under. Now listen, some people will come through your life, and you'll find disaster. Take them away. I've been here for 30 years, and one of the most difficult things for me uh, to tolerate and to put up with and to share... And, and to have to go through is falling in love with a bunch of people that I have buried. I have had some good widow women come across my life in this ministry that have prayed for me 
and stuck by me when I couldn't get nobody else to stick. There's been some widowers here and some older gentlemen and some gray hairs and a lot of people of age. They passed through here with great wisdom. They passed through here with great love for me and great love. This church is not built on uh, fly-by-night memberships. This church has not been built on uh, happenstance, and I think so. There have been some people who are in heaven tonight who gave everything they had so you could sit in those pews and shout the victory. This thing didn't pop up out of the ground four or five years ago. It's been 30 years in the making, and there have been some real people have passed this way. There have been some real folks that have been taken by the graveyard. You say, preacher, are we important? Oh, you better believe it. You'll be the future of this place soon. You'll be the ones that are looking back saying, I remember when so-and-so was with me, and they were taken out. But may I say something to you? I don't care how much you love somebody. I don't care how much confidence you put in somebody. I don't care how attached you get to somebody. Life is made up of one sure fact. People will come. People will go. But Jesus stays the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody help me right there rejoice and give God some glory. When I when a banker looked at me one time and said, we was trying to pave this little old driveway down here for $4,800. Back on in the mid-70s, when a banker looked at me and laughed and said, I, I think we was about two and a half or three years old then, he said, son, you've got to be kidding me. You want to borrow $5,000? He said, you're not even, and I quote, I remember it well. He said, you're not even considered a church till you're five, six, seven years old. He said, nobody in this town is going to loan you any money. You're making payments on the land you got. There ain't anything we can take if you go up there and spend our money foolishly. He said, the best thing you could do is just wait and be patient. And he got up and was sticking his hand out to me after about a minute and a half. Made his little applic- my little application and looked at it. And it wasn't no time he was hunting a hamburger or a hot dog or Pepsi-Cola on Broad Street. But there was a little old lady in this church got wind of that. She was just a little old child of God, nobody. It don't even matter that I tell you her name because nobody here knows her. Nobody much of anywhere remembers her anymore. Not many people would, would, would think much if they heard her name. But uh, she called me up and said, I want to go to S&S with you and talk to you. So she took me to lunch, and Diane and I, and we were sitting down there, and she said, I want to know what that man told you. I said, well, he, he told me that we wasn't even a church till we were five years old. She said, uh, have you got anything to do right after we eat? I said, no, ma'am, I don't. I, I don't reckon. Why? She said, I want you to ride downtown with me, and we will meet this gentleman. And I said, well, I've already met him, and he's already told me. He, she said, no, you had not met him like we go meet him. I said, all right, I'll be glad to go with you. I thought maybe she was just stacking up friends, you know, or trying to influence people. Well, we got in her car, and we drove it. And by the way, it was a white Cadillac. I, I, I remember the red interior in that car. I was styling and profiling, going across the river. Just a kid, ain't got no sense. I was riding across the river like I was a drug dealer. I had to look, man. I had my hand up, you know. 
we go over there to the bank, Georgia Railroad Bank then. We walk in, and people's running to get this woman by the hand. They're knocking me down, pushing me around. I mean, they're just, I'm just getting out of people's way. And they're going to this lady, oh, Mary, Mary, oh, come here. How are you doing? Here come that jaybird that read me the riot act so quick. And he seen me standing there and went right by, excuse me. And he went right up to her and was hugging her. Come on in, come on in. And she said, come on in, he's with me. That fellow's red face started right there, and it started all the way up to the forehead. All he was doing was following policy. But, but, there are ways to let somebody know what the policy is without them feeling like they're secondary human beings. And uh, she said, he's with me, come on. She took me by the hand, I said, yes. We walked in his office, and I sat down in that same chair where I was all but called ignorant. And nobody, I sat down. She said, now, she called his name. She said, now, I don't have to tell you how much money I got in this bank, do I? He said, no, ma'am, you don't. Back then, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars was like two million now. She said, I don't have to tell you how much money I got in this bank. She said, you know how quick it will take me to move it? She said, it won't take no time for me and him, I said, hey, to get my money and be gone. She said, you're going to loan him whatever he needs, and you're going to give it to him now. We ain't going to pray about it. We ain't going to talk to nobody. Ain't going to be no committee meeting. Now, I want $5,000 give to that boy. Not out of my money. She said, leave my money alone. My money's standing good for his. I said, yeah. You ain't taking a good look at me, mister. That man was Mr. Brown. Reverend Brown. Uh, he said, don't you worry about a thing. He said, you know our little conversation, I want to tell you something right now. We're in business to help God's people. I sat there and thought, dear God, this man has had a makeover on Oprah. He came in and gave me my check. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I just went out doing like this. You know? And little old Miss uh, Mary was with me. And we got out in the car. She said, those people ever give you any more problems. You just let me know. I turned around and looked. There's all looking out the window, out the place glass window of the Georgia Railroad Bank. And I had my little $5,000, and that's where that pavement come for on that little driveway down there where your car, well, it was down there. It's now in the trash. But for over 20 years, just one little old person who crossed my path was a blessing to my life. But she's, uh, she's gone. She, she's, she's gone. Uh, people will come and people will go. Uh, there's just there's just no way that you can keep. People will not only go through disaster, but they'll go through decision. They'll go through decision. Look at verse 14. They lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, made a decision 
that she was going elsewhere. She was not going to follow uh, this woman. She was not going to follow Naomi back to Bethlehem. Naomi had told her, it's all right, make your decision. Well, she kissed her on the cheek and turned around the last time that uh, Naomi ever seen her daughter-in-law was when she watched her walk off with tears streaming off of this mother-in-law's face. She watched her walk off only to become history. Some people will do that through decision. I don't know of anything that bothers preachers anymore. They won't want to tell you this, but I sure will. There's nothing in the world that bothers us anymore than to see somebody we've won to God, somebody we've helped get out of alcohol, or somebody we've helped off with drugs, or somebody we've helped out of some illicit lifestyle. And one day they just decide the place isn't good enough for them anymore, and they decide the preaching isn't good enough for them anymore, and don't even say bye many times. Just make a decision to walk out. And I want to say something to you. There's no preaching that deserves that. There's no church worker that deserves that. And there's not a congregationalist in this church that deserves to be walked off on and dealt like that. But sometimes it'll happen through people making a decision to leave. Every once in a while, I'll open a, a piece of uh, envelope, and it'll be a church letter. Somebody's moved the letter, and I had no idea they wasn't even here. And I sat there and remember and reflect and, and rehearse and rehash the times we prayed, the times we taught, the times we fellowshiped. Just made a decision. Just like that card... Is a surprise. It's just as much a surprise when they walk out of your life. Now listen to me. It'll happen somewhere in here. There's a lady. Somewhere in here, there's, there may be a man. One day, you came home. Like a preacher friend of mine I was talking to last year, he said, I came home, preacher, and the entire house was. He said, I come home from a rival meeting. I came from preaching a meeting in Virginia and came back to the state of North Carolina. His whole house was cleaned out. Every garment gone. Even his stuff was gone. The house had been cleaned to the point of putting on the market. And a little old note on the table said, I've had all I can take. I'm done. And a decision was made to pull a rug. Right out from under somebody's life. You say, well, maybe it deserved it. Maybe so. If you want to look at it, you may be able to prove that. But I want to say this. There will be times you'll get gut punched. There will be times when you'll get si I mean, somebody will blindside you. There will be times when somebody will make a decision to actively walk off. You boys better listen to me and listen to me good. You're in the best days of your life. Let your mind fill up with this stuff. Let your heart fill up with this stuff. Because you're heading for a heartbreak. You're heading for a heartache. It's not standing up in the bright light, screaming and hollering, having your name on the sign and be called a preacher. It's not a great big check. It's not a whole lot of money. It's not prestige. It's as much heartache and trouble and difficulty as anything going. But I sure am glad I can drop this in your lap. Hallelujah, Jesus made a decision to take you in. And He'll make a decision to keep you in. Some people will come to pass.
Your granddaddy was a music director. He's gone on to be with the Lord. You told me about him. Tonight, your daddy has been a music director. And God's going to do something in music, at least partially, with you. I think you got some preaching in you. But I know you got some music in you. Your little old mama was sitting over there squalling. Your daddy was the only one in the building that gave you a standing ovation. But one day they'll be where your granddaddy is. And one day you'll be singing, and it will be a memory that stands up and applauds you. People will come, and people will go. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Give the Lord praise. Number two, let me ask you this. Has some person invaded or some person's absence invaded your strength and power? The lack of somebody you loved? My daddy was in this ministry for 11 years. My daddy thought that I could out-preach Billy Graham, Billy Sunday, and any other Billy that happened to pick up a Bible. He had me right up there with John the Baptist, the Apostle Paul, and that whole ministerial society of the New Testament. If Billy Graham was down at the bottom of the hill preaching, and there was a half a million people, my daddy wouldn't have walked down there to count them. If I was up here in these bushes praying, he'd been up there with me. He appreciated and was grateful that God saved his family. And when I had him whisper in my ear that day at the medical college, it was about 25 minutes after 8 that morning, we all went over there to see him for the last time. When he breathed and said, Thank you, son for telling me about him, for I'll see him in a while. He said, go to church and preach. And I'll be here when you get back in one way or another. He said, go preach and tell somebody else when it comes time to die. It sure is a great thing to have a Savior like Jesus in the bed with you. He was dead at 20 minutes after 11. That morning we had his funeral. And my hope, my faith, my grip, and my commitment was not hanging or hinging on his memory. Because I have found out real quick that there are people who come to pass, and then there's problems that come to pass. Uh, problems come to pass. Look at verse number 6. Then she arose and her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. She's in Moab now. When she hears, she has heard that in the country of Moab, how that the Lord has visited his people and given them bread. Now, she's up in Moab in a famine. She's up there with grave markers. She's up there in a black dress. She's up there in mourning. She's up there single, too. And she's up there in famine. There was never a famine in Bethlehem like the famine they experienced in Moab. 
Oh, they went out there and found a little bread. But in just a few years, the same famine hit Moab. And she heard, her and her two daughter-in-laws, they heard that God had brought bread back to the same blessed place they left. That leads me to say this. Number one, some problems will come to pass. Don't reason your problems. Don't try to reason and fleshly figure out what you need to do for your circumstances. Casting all your care upon Him, for He, He careth for you. You know what you start doing? You reason your lack of preaching. You reason your lack of this or your lack of that. You start reasoning and the devil will slide in and say, what you really need to do is make a move right here. Because the trouble that you're in is because of the place that you're in. If you'll change location, change locale, it'll all be okay. But the problem with the devil's reasoning is he'll take you, hello, he'll take you into worse famine than what you left. A bird in the hand is better than six in the bush. You think, well, I, there's women in here. If I just had a real man instead of this slug I'm carrying around, I wouldn't have to worry. I wouldn't have to fret. If I just had somebody who would take initiative, if I just had somebody that would work hard, if I just had somebody who loved me, if I just, if I, I'm going to tell you something, you better keep that bird in your hand. Because in the bushes, they're just as bad off as they are in your hand. Hello? Well, that's not... You see, you can't reason your problem. Number two, you can't run your problem. They said, we will become self-support. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll go where bread is. But the problem is, when you reason your situation, and then you run from your problem, you'll find yourself running in the direction that looks good, just like Lot did. He ran off down to Sodom, and my God, look what happened. He would be better off to have stayed with Abraham than to have went to the well-watered plains of Jordan. If he'd have stayed with Abraham, he'd have been blessed of God. Though it didn't look good, though the vantage point didn't seem to be good, and though the circumstances were stinking, and the whole blessed mess didn't look real religious. If he'd have stayed with Abraham, he never would have lost everything he had in Sodom. Holla amen right there. Don't reason with your problem. Don't. Run from your problems. Look at verse 20. What does it say? In verse number 20, Timmy, thank you. It says, And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi. Call me Mara. For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. The word Mara there means bitterness or waters of bitterness. She had become a bitter woman. Because she reasoned with her problems and mentally and intellectually and philosophically and psychologically, all them crazy words. She tried all that to figure her situation out instead of trust the Holy Ghost to guide her. Oh, God's good to give bread, but He has a way of putting bread right back where you left to get some. He'll put it right back where you was to bring you back to the place where He wants. Number one, some people confess. Number two, 
some problems come to pass. She paid a supreme price for her, her ticket north to Moab. But God was good. You see, that passed. And God put her back where bread was. And then, number three, some phases will come to pass in our life. You know, life is one phase to the next. A lot of times we don't understand the phase we're in right now. But phases come to pass. Life is all about phases. Life's all about changes. Life's all about segments of circumstances and situations. The time you were single, that was a phase. And, and sometimes these parents right here, they say, pray for my youngins. They're going through a phase of life. And that, that, that's certainly true. And they need the Holy Spirit to take them through it. And there are phases when you get married. And there are phases when you get old. And your job phases out. And you're on a, a shutdown. There are phases in life. But they'll come to pass. They'll come to pass. Are you listening? In chapter 1, there was death and famine. But if you read chapter 2, you find life and plenty. If you go to chapter 1, you'll find disappointment. If you go to chapter 2, you'll find delight in the fields of Boaz. If you go to chapter 1, you see despair and depression. But if you go to chapter 2, you see the kinsman redeemer. If you go to chapter 1, you'll find emptiness and helplessness. If you go to chapter 2, you'll find enough, enough, enough. Look in chapter 1, you find starvation and sadness. Look in chapter 2, praise God, there's gleaning and future. Look at chapter 1, there's defeat and dismay. But look at chapter 2, wedding bells are ringing. If you look at chapter 1, Moab and misery. But if you look at chapter 2, Bethlehem and blessing. If you look at chapter 1, you'll find bitterness and memories. If you look at chapter 2, you'll find bread and hope. If you look at chapter 1, you'll find desertion and demise. But if you look at chapter 2, you'll find reaping and readiness. If you look at chapter 1, you'll find disappointment and dearth. But if you look at chapter 2, you'll find rest and restoration. What I'm telling you is this. Hey, life is phases. Don't abandon God, don't bail out in chapter 1 when chapter 2. Chapter 2 is coming. But preacher, I ain't doing real good right now. Hold on, my child. Joy comes in the morning. Chapter 1 ain't looking good. But chapter 2... It's right around the corner. God ain't done with you. God is not finished with you. You don't need to make a move. You need to hush and wait as you walk through Mara, as you walk through hunger, as you walk through emptiness, as you walk through disappointment. Remember this. There's a field over yonder, and God's going to drop some handfuls on purpose. Stand up before I fall out. And it came to pass. Nothing you can do 
about people entering. There ain't nothing you can do about people exiting. I used to think it was my God-given anointing to keep everybody come through these doors. And I found out that's virtually a pipe dream. People are so volatile and fickle. They're going to do what they want to. But I, I'm just glad I've been able to see some folks stay and hang around and live out their days here. Some of us will be buried right out of this membership. Some of us will look across a gravesite. Some of us will be under a tent, a little one, a small one, not a camp meeting, but a grave meeting. And people God deposits in your life, thank God for the time you have. And the days when they slip out, the Lord giveth, and he taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But he is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He will never leave you, and he'll never forsake you. I can't help it. You won't always have me if Jesus tarries. You won't, you won't all, this make some, they make some of you happy. I don't know. You won't always have to tolerate this one. You won't always have me standing behind here sweating and screaming and hollering and stomping. Maybe you can get you somebody sophisticated and somebody who will do right and somebody who won't yank his towel off and get half naked while he's preaching. Maybe you'll just have a sophisticate one day. I don't know. But I know this. What little time God lets me stay here, I'm going to shout the victory, run out, praise God, and give Him glory that He let me pass this way for this time and for this season. People, they'll come to pass. They'll come and they'll pass. Problems, they'll come. How many of you believe that? They'll pass. Don't get bogged down with them, and go, hey, don't 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 become real good friends with them. They leave them. Your problems will pass, and then there are phases in your life. Uh, you're not always going to be single. Uh, you're in a phase. You're not always going to be a single mom. You're in a phase. You're not always going to be going home after church alone or hunting somebody to go get a hamburger with to have fellowship. You're in a phase. You say, Preacher, what do I need to do? You need to understand that phases come and phases pass. You don't have to worry. In chapter 1, that woman put up with a bitter experience. I mean, buried everything she had in the devil's graveyard. But chapter 2, she got to come home and see Ruth married and see Ruth have babies. And see her whole life blossom and bloom like the azaleas in your yard. Praise God tonight. Somebody help me give him some glory right here. Ain't always going to be like this. You may be sick tonight. Your problem may be sickness. I promise you this. It come and it's going to pass. Worst thing it can do is kill you and special deliver you to heaven. <laughs> special delivery. The worst thing that can happen to a child of God is heaven. How many of you would say, Preacher, I'm right in the thick of it now. I need, for, I need somebody to pray for me to stay true. I need somebody to pray for me. I'm right in the thick of it. I don't need to make a move. I don't need to do nothing right now. I just need to wait on God. 
I wonder how many of you get out of your seat from where you are. You'd come and fall in these altars, and you'd say, Lord, until it passes, until it's gone, until it's over, until it changes, until this phase is renewed into another, I'm coming tonight to kneel down and say, by the grace of God, I'm trusting the Lord to make all things new. Come on. Come on. Brother Steve, lead us in prayer, please. <laughs> Lord Jesus, my heart goes out tonight to that one who's in that season that's dark, in that stormy season, is in that time of their life, Father, where it's just hard. God, I pray, Lord, that You would help that individual, Father, to, to hold on because indeed... Your Word being true, joy will come in the morning. Help us to be patient. Help us to learn to wait, Father. Help us to hold to You and to trust in You as best as we can, Father, during those dark seasons. And we'll bless Your name, dear Father. I pray that You to help us to stand in the midst of it all and be able to say, Blessed 